Hey everybody, how are you doing? This is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Thomas Show, episode number 155. And as always, let's really just jump right into it. You know, there's a saying that you can't go home again, you know, and basically what they mean by that is, you know, you've evolved over the course of time. You're not the same person that you used to be. And obviously that is very, very true. I remember my uncle telling me a story when I was driving him around that he, there was a bar that he used to go to when he was younger and he got married to my aunt and he, you know, lived and, you know, and did his, he lived his life, raised the kids and all that kind of stuff. And so he goes back one day, he's driving by and he goes back into the bar and he goes back and they literally were sitting in almost exactly the same positions in the chairs. They were having almost exactly the same conversation. And, you know, when you have a bunch of old guys, you know, and they're, they're talking about somebody they beat up in 1968. <laughs> and I told that guy, man, if you give me a hard time, don't make me get up. What you do, Frank? What I do? You know me. I got up and I walked over there and I gave him. And then they use some kind of terms from the 50s for beating somebody up. I gave him the old skip, skippy doo. You know, <laughs> I forgot what the actual saying was, but it was it was one of those sayings that certain things, certain sayings and slang terms stand the test of time and certain ones just don't. And the ones that this person was using don't i don't remember what it was but it was it was it literally sound it sounded as as dumb as this imagine if i'm going hey it's anthony man you know you 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 what did you do in the 90s man what did you do with the 90s huh, what did i do you know me you know i wasn't gonna put up with that he came up to me and i gave him the old kitten caboodle you know what i mean i walked up to my drop picked my fist up and gave him the old skip skip peru you know what i mean i gave him the old flipty flopty boop boop de bop it sounded as bad as that Right. Uh, based on what he was describing. And he said to me, he goes, he goes, yes, man, you don't believe this. I left him 25 years ago, almost 30 years ago. And they are still having the same conversation they had when I left. That's why I left. I mean, I had to go to work. I had to you know, do my job. I had to take care of my kids, live my life, do my thing. And I left them and I forgot, you know, and he literally left. He goes, it was as if I went back. And they were still finishing the same conversation that they had the last time I was sitting at the table. I, he, said, I, he said, as it is now, whenever I see these dudes, I just wave to them and keep it going. Because I don't want to sit there having the same stupid conversation. I got things to do. And it was true. Just imagine that. Just imagine that you evolved in your life, changed, made an improvement. And the people you used to hang out, hang out with haven't changed at all. Like I said, telling the same stories about a guy they had a fist fight with in 1968. And a lot of the times, and I've had this happen with friends that I knew, not close friends, but you know, you know, that, that, that large group of people you hung out with when you were younger. I remember a guy telling a story about beating up somebody. And I knew he was lying. How did I know he was lying? It's because I'm the one that beat up the dude he was talking about. And I'm not bragging about it, but the dude was trying to beat up one of my friends who was even, he was like a really tiny guy. And I'm not a big guy myself. I'm average height. And he was even smaller than me. I'm like, yo, man, you know, I tried to be cool. Hey, man, look, you know, we don't want to do that, man. You know, you're so much bigger than this guy. You know, he didn't mean to step on your shoe. Whatever it was, it was some kind of small infraction that was that a normal human being when he would, would go, hey, 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 watch it, man. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, don't worry about it. I'm be good. And go back into the conversation. But this guy tried to escalate it into some stuff. I stepped between him. I'm like, yo, man, I'm trying to be cool. I'm giving him all the I'm not trying to fight body language. And then he starts doing a whole, you know how they say people mistake kindness for weakness. 
So he just assumed because I, I you know, I got my hands up and, you know, you know, you put your hands up, palms facing the person, let them know I'm not holding the weapon. I'm not trying to fight. I'm just trying to get out of the situation. You're so much bigger than this guy. Come on, man. It ain't, it ain't like that. And this guy that told the lie was standing next to me like, you ever seen a cartoon character that's biting his nails? You know, that, 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 he's all scared. I was scared too, but it's like the guy's small and this guy's big. And I'm like, what are you going to do it? You know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be Mr. Common. Usually I can step between people like that. And 99.9% of the time, even in some of the bad situations, I was able to calm the dude down. Maybe I threw in a little bit of a humor to lighten it up. This guy wasn't hearing it. He had already made his decision. He was at least going to knock this little tiny guy out or smack him up for, I forgot what the infraction was, but whatever it was, it was really, really tiny. And I don't, I mean, I, I, I knew the little dude. I didn't know him, know him, but he was cool. He had sat at our table every once in a while. He wasn't one of the comics, but he was somebody who was around and we, we all kind of liked him a little bit. You know, I was like, yeah. and then what happened was he took all of his anger, decided to double it and now direct it towards me. So now the little guy moves away and I'm trying to leave. And then he steps in front of me. So where are you going? I'm like, I'm just going to go finish my food, man. No, you ain't going nowhere. You should have minded your business. And now he's get So now he's even more aggressive with me, probably because the little guy, if, if, if we were three sodas, he would be the large, I would be the medium. <laughs> and the little guy, <laughs> little guy would be a thimble. <laughs> okay. He, the little guy wouldn't even be the small cup. The little guy would be the amount of, the amount of soda that spills out of a cup when they don't when they don't put the lid on right, you know when you go to this you know you go to the store at the drive through and there's somebody trying to get all the cups into the carrier that they don't put the lid on right. You bring the soda up to your uh, your hand and some spills in the back of your hand and you go, oh come on man, they didn't even put the lid on and then they squeeze the lid on. That's how small he was he would have been. So now the guy decides he's going to whoop my behind and I'm like I don't want to fight. I just don't want to. And his fist is coming towards me, so I sidestep his fist. I spin him around, I kick him in the back of his knee, and some other stuff happened. And let's just say um, I didn't get touched, and he, his friends had to wake him up. Uh, not that I'm some tough guy, but it's like he was really horrible. I mean, I was that. I mean, that punch looked like it was coming. That punch looked like it was on a late train in New Jersey at three o'clock in the morning. You understand what I'm saying? I'm looking. I'm like, is this guy trying to punch me with that? I mean, I'm not some tough guy, but even I see this coming, and I'm gonna duck under the punch. I'm gonna kick him in the back of his knee with my left leg. I'm going to grab the back of his head. I'm not going to say what I did next, but he wound up on almost unconscious. He was kind of groggy. And then his friends dragged him out saying, you should have left him alone. Why'd you do this? You're embarrassing us. What you doing, man? That little guy knocked your head. Anyway, right? <laughs> you know, so the guy next to me said, yeah, and then I did it. He didn't do Jack. I'm the one that did it. So I know what it's like when you have people telling lies and bullcrap stories. And he didn't want to go back to that, you know? So I know what that's like. I know what it's like to go back with some, you know, get back with people that just don't get it and they just won't evolve. Like they said, you can't go home again. But I did go home again. I went to my hometown a little earlier today, right? And it's not like it used to be. It's a lot more dangerous than it was when I was younger. And the, only, and the reason it's more dangerous than it was when I was younger is because back then, uh, the criminals all went to my school. <laughs> so, so, so they knew who I was and I did, they were never going to do anything to me, you know, cause I was in class with some of them or I knew some of their brothers or, or I dated some of their sisters and we ended up, the, the relationships ended amicably. So they weren't going to do anything to me. Yo, man, what's going on, man? All right. All right. And, 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 and as everybody knows, 
every single conversation I had with people that I knew were in that life because I, I didn't disrespect them, you know, because they knew who I was. They also knew where I lived. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, because that, that can turn into something bad really quickly. But I always had my conversations with them. I never had a conversation with any of these dudes while my feet weren't moving. I was always, hey, buddy. And then I just wave and keep it moving so everybody would know overtly that, yes, I'm aware of that person's existence. I know who that person is peripherally, but we are not friends. This is just like one of those. We happen to live in the same neighborhood type situations. I don't know them. I ain't with them. Right. But it was my neighborhood isn't the same as it used to be. It's just it's not the same. It's different. And I could tell it's different. And I think it's more dangerous, not just because I don't know the people in this particular area like that. But it just doesn't feel the same. You know, I don't want to sound like back in my day, but it's going to sound like back in my day because, you know, back in my day, back in my day, you know, people, if they had beef with you, they would beat you down. They wouldn't even knock you unconscious. They would kind of beat you or fight you until you did the equivalent of tapping out. Like, you know, in the MMA, they tap the ground to let you basically know, okay, I'm in a, an unten- I'm in an untenable position. If this was an actual fight to the death or an actual fight in the street, you would have, this move that you just did would have won the fight for you. I am now conceding. And you could concede the fight or concede when you're getting robbed back then because you'd be, all right, all right, all right, all right. Basically, you say, all right, all right, all right, all right. Not in the Matthew McConaughey way, but all right, all right, come on, man. Or people around would go, all right, you got him, you got him. And then he would move on, right? And this is people that had actual beef with each other who really wanted to crack the other person in the face. But when I see people that have beef now, you turn on the news and what do you see, man? You see these little... You know, those those little pieces of plastic on the ground with numbers on them. And you know what those little plastic pieces on the ground with numbers on them mean at a crime scene. And you start seeing these gigantic numbers, 23, 24, 25, 23, 24, 25. Really? Someone did made you so angry that you needed to do something that would need the police to put down 25, 26, 27, 27, 34. Why are these markers? What in the world? Was there an army here? You know what I'm talking about. There's people that I had, quote, beef with back in the day who are really good friends of mine now. But if it was like beef, there is nothing. Keep in mind, I, I was never into that, into that life. But every once in a while, if you live around that, somebody's going to be mad at you for some reason, even if you didn't do anything. Right? And I was smart enough where I was always going to be in a position where, you know, most likely if anything happened, it was going to be me going to look, I got to be preemptive about this. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't want to go there. And I never had to go there. So I know what it's like to be in a tough neighborhood and have to deal with, you know, somebody bigger than you fighting you. I've been through that a billion and a half times, unfortunately. Right. But it felt weird. It's really weird when you go back to your old neighborhood and it doesn't look the same. It doesn't look the same. Like I used to live in California. I used to live in San Francisco. And every time I see on the news what San Francisco was like and what California is like, it's not like it was when I went there. There weren't, there weren't a lot of homeless people around when I was there at the time. You know what I mean? There wasn't a lot. There wasn't as much violence, uh, you know, to, to civilians. You know, back then it was like if somebody got, it was a gang member going after a gang member. They just left people alone. But people are getting jacked up now. People are busting in people's cars left and right. They're just cracking the person's window open just to see if there's something in the car. It's not even like, even the criminals back then, if they busted out of windows because they saw a laptop 
sitting in the car and they wanted the laptop. They saw the wallet. They saw the purse. They saw these people are smashing open windows just to see if there's something in the car. And I'm not, I mean, when you see a place that you used to live turn into that, it's literally very, very similar to watching an old friend deteriorate, not because of illness, but because of decisions. You know, you run into an old friend and this guy or this gal really had their thing together and was fantastic, man. You almost kind of looked up to them or at the very least you were inspired by them or at the very least their excellence kept you in check. Maybe you were excellent too. And you're like, man, I got to make sure I keep because I mean, I can't have Chuck CB like that. You know, Chuck is smooth or Susan smooth or Mark Marjorie's smooth or whatever. They're smooth. I got to keep my smooth because my smooth matches their smooth. Or maybe they're a little more smooth or maybe they're just, they're not as smooth as you, but close enough. Either way, they kept you on point or they were, they reminded you of what, what, what you needed to be. And then you run into Chuck. And Chuck was the cool dude, man. That brother had everything going on, man. You know what I'm saying? He's one of those guys that, you know, you know those people that when they smile, like in the movie, it goes, bink, like a little light, a little, there's a little flash of light by their teeth and you hit them, a little binky, binky, you know, that kind of cartoony type thing. One of those dudes, man, right? One of those dudes, everything, everything worked out for him. If somebody spilled the soda, he would be the only one in the room where the, the soda didn't hit his shirt. He's one of those dudes. So you always looked up to Chuck. Or you were always like impressed with Chuck if you didn't look up to him. And then you see Chuck. And let's just say when he smiles, it doesn't go bing anymore. He goes, ew. Or, bah. Or you get that sad trombone. Oh. And you don't want to see Chuck. Not because there's something wrong with you, but because you know the last time you saw Chuck, Chuck was smooth. And you don't want Chuck to, you don't want Chuck. You know Chuck doesn't want to be seen right now. I remember that happened to me in a supermarket. I made eye contact with a guy that had really fallen off, not to the point where he was in the street or anything like that, but he had made some bad decisions. And, and you could tell that he had made a series of really bad decisions in the soup. You're looking at him in the supermarket and he's going to his, his regular life, but you could see, you know, he had made some really bad decisions. I don't want to get into any specifics, but you know what I'm talking about. And you see him and there's a part of you that wants to go, hey. And go over there and shake his hand and dap him up and catch up on old times. But you know, daggone well, he does not want to catch up on old times. He does not want to remember old times because new times make old times feel bad. And you see him. And there's a part of you, like I said, that wants to go, hey, Chuck, what's going on, man? How's it going? And he sees you. And you. Uh, and there's kind of a silent understanding between the two of you. Because he knows he made bad decisions and his life was turned into garbage. And he doesn't want to see you. Even though he sees you, you're looking at each other. And you know you know him well enough that literally, there's certain people that you've known long enough or you've been close enough to or you've seen enough times where you know that it doesn't matter how long time passes, they're not going to forget you. Well, we weren't old guys yet. I don't, you know, at the time, you know, if, if, if you're, if you haven't seen somebody since you were 35, 40 and you're, if, let's say you're 35 or 30 and then you're 45 at the time, you still look enough. You'd still look the same. I look the same. I didn't look different at all, but he did. And he walked different. There was a lot of things that happened and he saw me and I saw him. And there was a silent conversation between the two of us. I could see that he recognized me. And then I saw him kind of look away a little bit. 
And it was kind of like, look, I see you, you see me, but I don't want to talk right now because I don't like where I am right now. It was almost like he said hello to me and please leave me alone. Don't you didn't see me. It was like his face said all of that in a fraction of a second. And I respected his wishes not to be seen. I made it a point to walk right past him. Give him an opportunity if he wanted to say hello to say hello. I know he saw me. He didn't want to see me. So I let him I let him I let him pass. I went home again. Sometimes you can't go home again. Back to what I started off with my old neighborhood. I'm driving in. I'm going to visit a relative. And you know how it is when you visit a relative. Sometimes they have an errand for you. Okay, not sometimes. They always have an errand for you. Well, since you were already driving and you already got your coat on, I didn't take my coat off yet. Yeah, well, don't. Because I need you to go get some floop floops from flop flop Street. And I'm like, all right. Now, at the time, you remember flop flop Street. flop flop Street was a nice little area. You know, had nice little bars, nice little restaurants. It was nice during the daytime. It was really nice. I went to the flop flop Street. And flop flop Street. flop flopped because I get out of my car and I'm looking around like, what the heck is this? Now, here's the thing. It aesthetically still looked really good. There were new businesses there. There was new stuff there. It wasn't like it was some dilapidated houses or anything like that. It still looked pretty good. But who was walking around? When you watch the news and you see sketchy people walking around, and it doesn't matter what the ethnicity is because it was all ethnicities of sketchiness down there. And I'm getting out of my car and I see a guy kind of milling around behind me. And there's really no reason to mill around behind me. And having been someone who has been carjacked in the past, I'm very sensitive to people milling around me when I'm sitting in my car, getting in my car, leaving my car. And at the time, I had just put my dash cam back up on the window and I put my my uh, key into the ignition. Key. Oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> key. Yeah. And I had my tape recorder, too. Uh, <laughs> and to the people in my, in my audience that are young, shut up. I already got your emails dissing me the last time I said, talked about the beeper. I knew you were going to do that. Shut up. <laughs> and getting roasted by your own listeners. Anyway, young bass, you young knuckleheads, love you, but shut up. All right, back to the story. <laughs> I know you're going to get me again this time. Yeah, uh, you know, okay, anyway. <laughs> so the guy's, the guy's milling around behind me, okay? And I'm looking at him and I can't tell whether he's going to do something or not, but I can step on the ignition, step on the gas and pull off, not in a panicky way, but just like, just in case schmuck, not going to happen. I mean, I've already been carjacked before. I don't want to have, I don't want to have carjacking number two. So I go around the block and he's gone and I'm trying to find a parking space and it's really difficult to do. And I'm looking around, I get out of the car, I close the door, I look around, I don't see anybody and then I see a guy standing across the street in a black uniform holding an AR-15. That's odd. A guy walking down a street with an AR, standing in front of a building with an AR-15. Now, I live in America. 
And I know there's a lot of guns in America and there's a lot of guns in, in the hands of everybody else. But most people are not standing in the middle of the block with an AR-15. So what is the first thing you're thinking if you see a guy dressed in all black holding an AR-15? Oh, this ain't going to be good, <laughs> right? Because even if I jump down behind my car, that ain't going to help. That Those things that go right through. You know, Hyundais aren't exactly going to stop bullets like that. You know what I'm saying? Even my last car, which was a Nissan, that wasn't going to be that wasn't going to be any help. It's the same class of car, you know. But as I was about to, because he hadn't see, didn't see me at the time. As I was about to move to where he couldn't see me, just in case he was one of those people who was going to do something horrible. I notice. I notice. He turns around and he's got security on his back. Well, that doesn't mean anything. He could be a fake uniform. And then I see he's standing in front of one of those smoke shops. He's the security for the smoke shop. I now feel relieved, mainly because he's not going to do anything to me. But then I stop being relieved because I realize, well, if they hire a guy with an AR-15, there's a reason for it. Ooh, and I'm feeling bad again. Think about that. They have to hire a guy, not with a handgun. They have to go over the top with the AR-15, right? And I'm going, this neighborhood has changed. And as I walk to the store, about, I don't know, 20, 30 drug boys just milling back and forth. And I'm like, why am I here? Why am I here? Good Lord. I walk through them. They ain't paying attention to me. They didn't even offer to sell me anything, which I'm glad they didn't. I get whatever I'm supposed to be getting for this particular relative. I head back to my car as quickly as possible because I don't. I mean, let's be honest. Drug boys standing on the corner and a dude standing in front of a smoke shop with an AR-15. Do not do not a wonderful place to be make. <laughs> this is this is not the place. I have never been so happy to drive three blocks in my life because when I drove three blocks away from that, all of a sudden I started seeing, you know, a bunch of just regular hardworking people who aren't, you know, walking around looking at people's cars, looking to smash the windows. They weren't a bunch of drug boys standing there. There wasn't some dude with an AR-15. There wasn't anybody sketchy hanging around people when they're put when they're getting out of their cars. There wasn't anybody following around people. There wasn't anybody doing anything weird. And it was weird because once again, that was my that was very close to my old neighborhood. It was very close. And there was a time when I was younger when I used to hang out down there because I would go down to get there to get seafood and things of that nature. You know, and you talk to girls, you know what I mean? That's, that's what you do. But I went home and ooh. Yeah. They say you can't go home again. Yeah. I say you can go home again, but you better duck. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It's like I went you can go home again, but you better duck. Because sometimes it's not exactly what you expected it to be. Sometimes it's a little different. And sometimes it's disappointing. Like I said, my old neighborhood, or at least that section of my old neighborhood was kind of like Chuck. You know, I saw it and I knew it wasn't what it used to be. And I'm hoping that at some point it'll be cleaned up and it'll be better. You know, just like I hope at some point in the future I run across Chuck again. I hope Chuck is the whatever the 56 year old because he was a little older than me. The 56 year old version of Chuck that because he'd be like 56 or so right now. He's like I say he was older than me. I, I would hope it'd be a healthy, successful, 
56-year-old Chuck where if I see him, he goes, hey, yes, what's going on, man? And we walk up and we dap each other up, high five, what's going on, man, man, but remember back in the day, and he says, man, what you doing? Well, I got two podcasts, I'm a comedian, and I'm a content creator. Oh, man, yeah, man, let me hear, let me hear when you see all your stuff. Yeah, man, here's my, here's, you can listen to too much, two shows, and here's my, you know, you can listen to my podcast, and I got this, the videos and stuff. And yeah, oh, man, that's great. Yeah, man, I'm do some stand-up next year, the end of the year. Oh, that's great. I'm going to come see you, man. What about you? Oh, yeah, man, I'm doing it. I'm married with children and thing and everything great. And I yeah, got my health back and I'm doing good. And I'm not doing that stuff that made me look like you saw me, that you saw me that time. And, you know, I would love that. You know? Sometimes you can't, I mean, so you can't go home again, you know? And, and I think basically what they mean is you can't go home and stay. You can go home to visit, Right? Like in the earlier part of the show, when I was talking about my uncle, if my uncle decided to go back. Well, he's he's passed by now. He's passed a few years ago, obviously. Unfortunately, if you listen to the show, you know that. But uh, or listen to the other show, you know that uh, he's been gone for three years now. But if he had gone back to that bar and just stayed there for maybe a half an hour, it would have felt pretty good because you would get to reminisce with the guys. Maybe an hour, you know. But those guys would stay there all like get there in the morning and stay there to the evening. He was never going to do that. We had that in common. I don't do crap like that. But if he had gone in there for like a half an hour, maybe 30, 40 minutes, maybe an hour and just talked about what what they did back in the 60s, it would have been fun. And he would have had that. He would have, I would have heard that, that booming laugh of his. And it would have been great. And he would have had a great time. And then you get up and you leave. Right? When they say you can't go home again, what they should say is you can't go home and stay. Because you can't do that. But you can go back to visit. Right? Like if I went back to my old neighborhood and I just went back to the places, the, the, the literally the area where I grew up in and hung out with my friends, it's pretty cool. It's pretty chill now. I could go there and hang out with some people and see some of my old friends, you know, you know, be kind of like Uncle Steve to their kids, which I am to some of these people, some of these folks. Hang out with them a little bit. Go to their houses. Hey, what's going on? Whoop, 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 whoop. Maybe they come over where I am and see me. Whoop, 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 whoop. It would have been great. You're going home to visit, but not to stay. Right? Same thing in the relationships. Oh, you can't go back with somebody else. I don't have to go back with your, with your old girlfriend. You don't have to get back into a relationship with them. But if you're walking down the street and you see them, you can give them a hug if you end it amicably. And you can say congratulations on, you know, your, your new kid or your marriage or your job or whatever. You shake each other's hands. You don't even have to exchange numbers because you don't want to talk to each other like that. But you did love each other at, at one point. You did do nice stuff to each other's lap stuff at one point. You saw each other naked and jumped on top of each other at one point. You gave each other lots of pleasure, not just in the bed, but out of the bed. You had loved each other. You liked each other. You cared about each other at one point. It didn't work out, but you don't hate them. And if you wonder what that sound is, that's my phone notification for something that has nothing to do with this show. That's not a special effect. I just forgot to turn my phone sound off. <laughs> I think that means somebody. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a, somebody apparently walked past my uh, doorbell camera, which is most likely my neighbor driving, uh, driving uh, to work because he works at night. Anyway. So I'm just saying, you know, you can't go home, but you can. I mean, you can't go home and stay, but you can visit. And sometimes you can't go home. But like I said, you better duck. You dig? Cool. You know what you can do if you don't want to go home? You can go tell people about this podcast and tell them that you love it. You can do me a favor. You could rate and review this podcast. Five stars, please. You could do me a favor. You could, like I said, tell people about the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell anybody that you think would like to hear a weird man tell weird stories, okay? Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. And if you're following me on social media, you can just look my name up. S. Anthony Thomas, the letter S. Middle name Anthony, last name Thomas. Google me. 
And if you see some stuff that I'm doing, whether it's YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or whatever the crap I'm on, if you see it, check it out. If you like it, follow it, subscribe it, whatever. And if you see links to my podcast and my content, and, and if you see that content and dig it, retweet it, reblog it, you know, send people back to it so I can, you know, build this family even larger than it is now. But I want to tell you very much that, that, uh, that I appreciate you. I got much love for you. Thank you very, very much for spending this time with me. And I will see you again next time, okay? Take care. Bye-bye, my friends.